Okay, so hi everybody, welcome to the one where my name is Kyle Wolf. Um, on the buttons we've got Jackie. It's me. <laughs> and in the hot seat today, we've got Mr. Michael Mooch. Hello. Woo! How are you, man? I'm very good. How does it feel to be in the hot seat for this time? For, for um, it's hot. Yeah. It is hot. We've got these studio lights on and um, not actually in the right position, but we are, we're, we're lit enough. Yeah, we're doing well. And um, you're getting the air conditioning in. Hopefully Tuesday, although I got told that. I got told Thursday on Monday. So. Oh. But when when the weather's like this, apparently air conditioning fixes. <laughs> fixes itself. And conditioning repairmen, they're, they're, they're very busy. So. <laughs> they're in demand. Mm. Yeah, I can kind of see that. So, yeah, we are a bit stuck with this sauna. <laughs> but you want some hot takes, you've got a hot room. This is going to be a wonderful episode of The One Where. This is going to be. Is it The One Where? It's The One Where. The One Where. That's it. So, um... Well, I love, uh, something that a lot of people probably don't know about you is that you're part Saudi. Is that correct? No, that's incorrect. Okay, uh, very incorrect. Quite racist, actually. Is it? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm half Lebanese. Half Lebanese. Half Irish, but I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Ah, okay. So, half yeah. Lebanese, half Irish. Okay. So what was the mixed race experience for you growing up in Saudi Arabia? Um, it was all right, man. I mean... Um, I've only a bit about this that I'm going to try today, potentially, mm. where like Saudi is quite a misogynistic, uh, homophobic, um, very restrictive place for women. Mm -hmm. But that didn't affect me. So it was um, <laughs> it was great. We had a pool. Uh, we had cable TV. Um, yeah, it was it was all right. I was only there from the age of two till like eight, really, okay. living there. Um, and then after that, we moved to England um, mm. and we'd just go to visit my dad there who stayed out there working it, um, for summer okay. or Easter or Christmas. Not yeah. that there was much of a Christmas. <laughs> but, um, I can't think why. Yeah. So it was, um, it, was, it was fine. It wasn't that bad. A lot of people were out there, expats or, 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 or um, immigrants, whatever you want to phrase it, mm. um, have great lives out there very sheltered not your normal life but what do you mean by not your normal life as in like it's it, it, back in my day you, you'd go to the mall you'd be able to go out shopping yeah but um you kind of have to have a chaperone mm -hmm. so um especially if there were girls there so it was there was it, it that's a bit weird yeah um there's no boozing like there's no underage drinking because there's well there is a bit but it's not really it's, it's like alcohol of, is so expensive over there and it's kind of not talked about I'm guessing because of yeah um, you'd have beef sausages because there's no pork sausages <laughs> um, so and and there's there's prayer five times a day and it's fucking hot as hell mm. um, but you know it's it's different to growing up in London like we had a pool which was great. And you know, we didn't have a pool in London. No. I'm sure some well, kids I'm, do, but like they're very, very rich and it's a probably a very different life. Yeah. Um, I had an American accent. We went to an international school. Mm. Yeah, I had that teased out what, quick. What, what kind of American accent was it? Past the bar and stuff like that. Oh, so it's like the British actor's version of American accent. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I can't remember it, but I remember being told that I used to have an American accent. Ah, uh, but, uh, but okay. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. That's cool, cool, man. That's cool. Is, yeah. How about you, Jackie? How about you? Because you grew up in a, you went to an international school. Um, I grew up mostly in Greece, in Athens, Greece. Mm. That's the international school that I went to. Everyone was Greek Australian, Greek South African, Greek mm. something. So 
And that's why my accent is a little bit of everything. Mm. But I am half Dutch. Oh. So cool. My last name is Van Bijsterveld. Van Bijsterveld. For now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How many people got that name wrong when you were in school? Everybody. Everybody. Cool. <laughs> why? It's quite, Van Bijsterveld's quite Van easy Bijster. to say. Which actually means Van means the. Spicer means beast, means field. <laughs> so technically, I am the beast of the fields, mm. but nah. not for much longer. Nah. <laughs> cool. So um, it has to be said that you, for those that don't know, you two are actually you two are a couple. Yes, yes. Sorry. And um, now you two are the second couple that not just had on the season, but actually had on the show. In well, it was in, Ola. Ola was the first. Ola and um, Rami were the first. Rami, yeah. were, were the first. Were the first couple. So how did you two meet? Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Ah, classic. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I probably shouldn't be drinking that on the pod. Um, yeah, Tinder. Uh, during lockdown, went on a few dates. Maddie in love. She's great. Oh, I'm very lucky. That's cool. Yeah. That's sweet. Now she's pregnant. And now I'm pregnant. So I'm stuck. <laughs> so I have to say this shit because otherwise... She is with child. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's too late. <laughs> we can't go back now. <laughs> Actually, babe, we can still abort. Oh, we can we? Yes. <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> that definitely took a turn. <laughs> this is why we have the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I'm, let's uh, move on from abortion shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, when when was like the first inkling that you wanted to get into events management? Oh, I've been running events for years. Was it like something in your child in your childhood? No, um, it's sort of similar, so similar thing to comedy. Really, I at uni wanted to DJ, um, and no one wants to put on DJs who's never no. put DJ before. Where'd you go to uni? I was up in Newcastle, mm -hmm. uh, so we put on some nights, so I could DJ. Quite good at promoting the nights, yeah. So the nights became big, and that kind of just happened to be mm. what my job was for the can, next. Can you, what was it like doing your first DJ set? Um, I remember the first one I sort of played out, and it was two, four people. It was as it always yeah, is, yeah, man. It was, it was, and it was nerve wracking. I always seem to like I, I, I love gadgets, mm. so I had like uh, everyone uses it now as kind of like a DVS system, and like a um, you don't have to bring vinyl. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. have vinyl that you set up. So I'd set it up, but I'd set it up wrong. So it was super fucking loud. I was like, <laughs> you're supposed to put it into the phono section, but I put it into the line. So it was mm -hmm. super, super fucking loud. Um, I couldn't really understand why. So it was, it was just, it was a bit of a fuck up really. Um, but you know, similar to comedy, you know, yeah. you just, you, you fuck up, you, you make sure you don't fuck it up next time. Mm. Um, and by practicing and a similar sort of thing with comedy, mm. um, you want to do gigs. Um, you want to do good gigs. Yeah, I had access to a club um, and was running events still mm. in the club. And I was like, well, look, there's there's a big gap between what's going on in the in the like from before yeah. till when people start clubbing, and it's a great space to do some comedy. So we started mm. pop popping comedy in here oh, um, to make some money and then get some stage time. That's sweet. Yeah. Um, what do you think is do you prefer vinyl or do you prefer CDs when it comes to me, when it comes to DJ? The CDs. I mean, vinyl is great, mm. um, but the amount of fucking panics and nightmares that I've had 
uh, when when playing it, needles skip, mm. dodgy decks, and you need to like properly keep them clean. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even keeping it clean. It's just like keeping things in the mix. You can. It's it's harder, much yeah. harder to do. Um, and I don't like the stress. I just want to be able to mix something and then think about what I'm what you're gonna do, rather than worrying is that is that um, pitch control actually accurate because it seems to be slipping a lot and I need to keep adjusting it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, fuck vinyl. <laughs> like it's it's great. Yeah. And it's it's great that there's an industry around it and vinyl has kept DJing uh, alive for a while and 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 you know it's it's a great medium, but. So if it, it's a great medium, if if you go to a club and everything is set up and it's, yeah. it's like the, the, the decks that the are, are in good condition have been serviced, but most of the time you're not playing at fabric or minuscule no. sound, you're playing at tiger party. tiger. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's fucking. It's a it's a horrible thing. I actually used to DJ at Tiger Tiger. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Which one? Please tell me. Uh, well, Newcastle one mostly. Mm. So I used to do Fridays and Saturdays there, which is not the DJing that I aspired to, but it was... What, you didn't fancy playing Cotton Eye Joe three times in a row? No, no. It, it, I, was, I was playing similar stuff to what I was into, but but just the cheesier versions of it. So it, it was a, a bit of a um, a sacrifice, but I got paid really well. Yeah. And got because I was playing to, you know... Uni students. No, hundreds of people every week. It was... I'd get free records and stuff. Yeah. Which was great. So it was... Because obviously people want to get their shit up. Yeah, yeah. So I've got loads of vinyl at home and it's just record companies. This is back in the day when they had money. Mm -hmm. Would send you records. Cool. You need to play it, send them back a um, a, a review, mm -hmm. say, called cool, the crowd like this. What do you think of it? Blah, blah, blah. And then they would use that to go, okay, cool. Sometimes the B side is what kicks off more than the A side, than the yeah. a side or, or, or whatever. Or this is not being received well by you know people in this market cool mm. maybe we should focus on i don't know what the fuck they did with the information but it was just information they could feed back and yeah and we got free records that were sort of um exclusives you know before they were before they were released before on the sale yeah yeah so that's pretty cool dude like yeah. like was it like big record companies or was it just like yeah no, ones the big ones are the ones which had money yeah so like um like Sony, Universal, those kind all of, of all of that, Def Jam, all of that stuff. You just get. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember who it was because it, it it wasn't just a record company who'd sell them, send them to you. They did that as well. Mm. But there were promo services, sort of like promo agencies. So they would go, okay, cool. Look, we've got these DJs on our books who are playing to this many people, and they'd need to see flyers and sort yeah. of speak to promoters and managers and. Uh, and stuff to sort of prove you were, you know, playing out mm. often. Um, and then once they got you on your books, cool. If as long as you kept sending back stuff, you get free records. It's, and it, that's that. It's expensive. Vinyl is expensive. You know, yeah. it's like um, at HMV back in the day, it was it was cheap. You could buy three for whatever. Three for ten. Because I used to do it. Like yeah, three, yeah. For, three for a ten or yeah, like yeah. Two thousand and four. <laughs> so I yeah. yeah. I'd, yeah, by Asha with um, Through the Wire by Kanye West with yeah, um, yeah. what do you call it? ATL um, Calling All Girls or yeah, yeah, or, yeah. And those are the three records. Like, those are the three vinyls I ever bought. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, but normally they'd be like seven ninety nine or yeah. something like that, plus postage, packaging, all of this sort of stuff. So it was quite expensive. Mm. Um, but yeah, I finished all that. I so I still play every now and again. But is it something that you can never really give up? No, you can definitely give it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's the end of that. No, I mean, like, you, you can, I mean, I, I fall in and out of love with music a lot, mm. just because um, I sometimes just don't play it. So I've been just sorting out all the walk-on music this mm. week, actually, just giving a bit of an update, and I've fallen back in love with music again. Yeah, um, I haven't, you know, dusted off the decks or anything like that, just because I. It takes time, man. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have a mix for a couple of hours, but I could be writing or I could be, you know, mm. planning something else. It's mm. just, there's not enough hours in the day no. to, to do stuff. And I think comedy has sort of definitely taken over a bit. Speaking of comedy, like, um, when did you, f uh, so when was your first ever gig? My first ever gig was technically the cab. Um, I'd, I was away on holiday um, and I was kind of, I kind of become a bit disillusioned with sort of promoting and my job and stuff. And it was, it was kind of, it was, it, it, we'd grown really, really big yeah. with a company that I, I ran. Um, but it, it became just sort of all encompassing and it wasn't as fun as much as it was before. And it was a lot more stress. I had, you know, people who are on payroll and stuff like that. So I was worrying about people's jobs and stuff like that and i was kind of like okay do i really want to be doing this am i going to be able to be promoting clubs club nights to 20 year olds when i'm 50 mm. there's going to be a, there's a definite shelf life to it yeah so um and I'd, i've always been a fan of comedy i've always been that sort of dickhead joker uh, yeah. of the of the of the group or whatever the loud mouth um and i was away on holiday and i was just like thinking about it I was, I, and i saw a an advertisement for uh, a comedy course. I was like, you know what? Let me just try one of these, see what it's like. So I did that comedy course. Which one was it? Um, Harry, what's called one? It was in New Cross. It was it was just the the one that was closest to me. Ah, okay. Harry Deptford, Denford's. Okay. Uh, down at in New Cross Theatre or whatever mm. he he runs. He runs like a theatre space, or whatever, and does comedy courses. It was quite cheap. It was good. Mm. But um, and the first gig was supposed to be his showcase one. But I was really keen, and then I got a gig at the cab. Did did okay there, mm. um, and um, went back and told him about it. And he was like, "Oh, you probably shouldn't be doing that." I was like, "Hang on, we should shouldn't be gigging more." But I see his logic in that. He was like, "Look, I want you to. Ha We've been working on your set for the showcase event. Yeah, and once you start gigging, you're going to start making amendments, changing things, and and trying new jokes and stuff like that." Mm. And you're probably going to fuck up the showcase gig, and he's kind of right because I did. <laughs> really, I kind, of, I kind of. So I had that gig. He said, "Don't gig again. Don't just concentrate on this." Um, and I was constantly writing stuff, and then I went and did the gig, and I forgot the new bits that I was going to do. <laughs> so I was supposed to do five minutes, and only did two and a half or something like that. I was just like, "Oh fuck, I fucked it up." Wow. Uh, but don't listen to him gig more and yeah it doesn't matter if i did the exact same i had the exact same I think we were on it like i remember it was my fourth or fifth gig. guys you made it through part one so why don't you click up and go to part two for the rest of this conversation see you there